Hello and welcome to the Shmuel Tenenhaus podcast. My name is Shmuel Tenenhaus. This is my podcast. Let's go. First, I should mention on the podcast, uh, after we take care of some monologuing, we have a fantastic guest by the name of Danny Zolden, who is the owner of Stand Up New York Comedy Club. And he is also the founder and promoter of the Chosen Comedy Festival. That is the Jewish Comedy Festival that is making a stop here in South Florida next month. Hang around so we can hear, and not we, because I already heard about it, so that you can hear about it. So before I get into uh, what I want to discuss today, there's a bunch of things I need to get off my chest that are really bothering me. And so I'm so glad that you're here so I can cast my burden onto you. Uh, I first want to read an ad read. Thank you, as always, for our sponsors for coming through. Are you getting hounded by collectors in shul? The ones with the credit card machines, or they'll tell you they also accept Zelle. Are you not sure who to trust? Are those blue laminated papers not cutting it out for you? Now, are you also, or potentially a shul collector, looking to get an edge? Do congregants spend too much time asking silly questions like, how many orphans are in your yeshiva in Israel? Are your fundraiser flyers that you're putting on each table underperforming? Introducing the Twitter Schnurr verification checkmark. For $7 per month, Twitter will verify your current status of a shul collector, so you can get a leg up and have shul goers trust you with their credit cards. Listeners to the Shmuel Tenenhaus podcast, we have a special deal for you. Visit twitter.com forward slash the Shmuel Tenenhaus podcast to get your first month free. Thank you, Twitter. Okay, so a couple of things. I've heard over the years, particularly from my own, my, uh, from my own mouth, that, uh, you know, they're the husband and the wives spend so much money. The wives spend all the money. Oh, my wife spends all the money. I need to explain to you that your wife plays a very different role than you do in your household, which is why she actually spends more money than you. In addition to being a wife, your wife also has a secondary role, which is the CPO, the Chief Procurement Officer. That is right. Procurement goes through your wife or anything in the house, typically. You need to get blinds, goes through your wife. You need to do an oil change, goes through your wife. You need to order groceries, goes through your wife. So that is why she's spending all the money because, again, that is her job as the chief procurement officer. Now, when I was single, my friend loves to tell me that he visited my apartment and he opened up the fridge and he saw a block of cheese. That's what he saw, right? Because at the time, I didn't have a chief procurement officer. Now, if you open up the, the fridge in my house, things will fall out on you. It could be very dangerous. So uh, I just want to explain that to you again Get this through your head. Of course, your wife spends more money than you. That is her job. She is the chief procurement officer. I want to share a, an anecdote about a meat pie. So a relative of mine came back from a very distant place, and he brought back a meat pie for me. Now, as he's giving it to me, another relative tells me, this thing is disgusting. You're not going to like it. But you know what? It was free, so I took it. Now, the instructions on how to prepare this meat pie, it's a small little round meat pie. It, there's got dough on the outside and meat in the middle. Now, the instructions was 
heated up in the oven between 300 and 400 degrees, and then microwave it for two, three minutes. It could be it was the reversed. Microwave it for two, three minutes, and then heat it up in the oven for 300 to 400. But that's not the point. Here's the point. When my relative gave me those instructions for the meat pie, I wanted to know why does everything have to be so complicated? If I need to heat this up between 300 to 400, then just tell me to heat it up at 350 because 350 is right smack dab in between 300 and 400. Same thing with the microwave instructions. Two to three minutes, again, there is an easier way to say that. It's two and a half minutes. So I call him out to his face. I'm like, these are very complicated instructions. And he says, no, the reason why you need to put that in the microwave, and I said two to three minutes, is because first you put it in for two minutes, then you open the microwave, see how it's doing, and then determine, does it need another half a minute? Is it good to go? Does it need a minute? Same thing with the oven. Heat it up at 300, maybe good, maybe not good. It's at your discretion now between 300 to 400. Are you kidding me? I'm not opening up a cookbook to follow very difficult instructions. I need it very simple. Otherwise, I'm going to go to a restaurant. I don't understand why things have to be so complicated. Now, let me go to a little of a, a sad place. When we're talking about the world today versus, versus where it was when we were growing up as children, some of you may have just chipped, skipped childhood uh, you know, altogether and just were born an adult. I'm not talking to you guys. Just hold on a second. You guys, wait a second. I'm talking about people who had a childhood. What I do miss that we don't have anymore are prizes and cereal boxes. There was nothing more exhilarating than taking my fingers and hands, which were very dirty, tearing open the box, rummaging through a box of Cheerios just to find a pencil, or coming into the kitchen in the morning and seeing all the cereal on the floor and somebody got themselves the Cheerio spoon. At what point, I'm wondering, did some executive at the cereal company go, hey, maybe there's a germ issue, there's a disease thing. I, I, don't, I don't think this is a good idea. Maybe we should just have them scan a QR code. Anyways, I missed the thrill. That was, that was instant gratification. And now there's a whole tararam to get whatever it is that you need from the cereal companies. I, I, I'm thinking it was just a way for them to save money because um, there's something that's called leakage, right? Not everybody is going to go scan a QR code, scan uh, a Snapchat, whatever it is. So uh, maybe this was a cost-cutting measure. I wanted to share a story uh, when I was in yeshiva in Israel. I went to Kirat Gat. So, and this will impress upon you what a great yeshiva it was and also just lessons for life. So uh, there was a room, two pieces. So there was a room in where guys used to hang out. Not me, I wasn't one of the cool guys. And they had a cursing jar, which is if somebody cursed, then you had to put a couple shekels into the jar, right? So that was an incentive not to curse. Now, across the street from the yeshiva, there was a makolet, which is a small little grocery store. And naturally in front of it, there was a little casino-type slot machine. One time my friend 
who is part of the cool guys, goes, wins some money at that slot machine. He comes back to the room where there's a cursing jar, right? So there is a fine levied against you if you curse. But he's feeling magnanimous because he just won all that money. So he goes, one round of cursing on me. Like he had just walked into a bar and bought everybody a drink. Now he was just paying it forward because, again, he just made some money. And now he gave the opportunity for everybody to swear. And again, he was going to cover, you know, he was taking care of the cover charge. A beautiful story, if I must say so, in terms of demonstrating obviously straw, love a fellow Jew, sharing is caring. Let's uh, talk about a domestic violence issue that we have here in South Florida. Uh, I'm talking namely about the Miami Dolphins, which are having a pretty good season, which, again, adds a whole another level of derangement for Dolphins fans. First of all, we have to really understand if somebody is going to raise their child as a Dolphins fan, is this a form of child abuse? Because this is now generational trauma being passed down. You know they're not going to you know, go to the playoffs. If they go to the playoffs, they're not going to win. If they go to the Super Bowl, they're going to get shut out. This is not a good thing. The other thing is, is if I see your kid walking around the neighborhood or shul wearing a Dolphins jersey, I may just pick up the phone and call Jewish Family Services just to report the abuse that's going on in the household. Two more things I want to share before we move on to the interview. The first thing is, not the first, yeah, there's two things. Yeah, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it, okay? You want to cancel me, you can cancel me. So in shul, the custom is that when somebody's wife is expecting, the husband does psicha. He opens up the ark so that there should be an easy delivery. It should be a great opening. I don't have to spell it out for you. Everybody understands where I'm going with this. My point is, is that I feel that shuls are way too trusting for just a guy walking over and saying, hey, I knocked up my wife. Now let me have psicha. So I'm proposing that we carry on this tradition. Could be thousands of years old, this tradition. But we trust but verify. So first of all, okay, your wife is pregnant, number one. Can we see a picture of an ultrasound? Something. Is there picture from a gender reveal party? Anything right now to verify what you just said. The second thing is, okay, your spouse now is pregnant, but who says you're the father? I mean, maybe the real father should do psicha, meaning the shul should administer some sort of paternity test. Now, not for paying members. If you're a paying member, that is all-inclusive. No paternity test needed. It's a family thing. Otherwise, you just rock up to shul and say, hey, I got this woman pregnant. We're going to be suspicious of you. We want to see some DNA. The last thing I want to say is I've seen people get this type of psicha every year 
for nine months for the last 15 years. It's time to give your wife a break. I mean, every time you're going up there and doing sicha, this is 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004. Like, first of all, where does everybody live? And then the second thing is, it's, it's, why don't you just take a break right now? Take a year off, sicha and all that entails. Lastly, I want to talk about an opportunity that I had as a Samaritan, a good Samaritan, to engage in some upsharnish trolling. So upsharnish is when they cut the babies here. Our custom, when the baby is three, we were invited to community upsharnish. And the hosts were very clear to point out that, hey, this is not like come hang out type of situation. This is more, you know, snipe, a snip, take a snip, grab a bite, and then leave. And first of all, I admire the courage to put out such a statement. But it was such a juicy opportunity for me to get my kids involved in sending a video message to this family, which I'm going to share with you. And uh, it was just very inspiring. And then you say, hey, you're a troll, but what about the next generation? No, I am, I am giving this now to my children and, and bringing it forward uh, to the next generation. Uh, postscript, this family, big talkers that they are, I heard that it was packed and lots of people were there and having a good time. So I was very excited. I thought somebody was brave enough to actually you know, enforce a snip and bite and leave but it seems like they were very gracious hosts, unfortunately, and lots of people ended up hanging out and having a great time. Mazel tov. I should mention, they were also saying, hey, there's not going to be a lot of food, so it's going to be small, not fancy. And the other thing is, I'm going to play for you the video clip that I had my children and I record, which we then sent over to the husband and wife who are hosting the event. We sent this to them about a night or two before the event was taking place. We are so excited for the Ice Channers. I hope there is a lot of good food for dinner. We will be arriving early and we will be staying a few hours. I hope there's a lot of My parents will be dropping us off at your house and they'll be going on a date. Thank you for watching us. This meeting is being recorded. Hello, this is Shmuel Tenenhaus with the Shmuel Tenenhaus Podcast. And I'm here with a extremely important guest. I wouldn't even say it's a VIP because he is very, he's beyond very, he's an extremely important guest. His name is Danny Zolden. He lies. is the owner of... What? Lies, lies. Oh, lies, lies, okay. He's the owner of Stand Up New York. True. He's also <laughs> the founder and promoter of the Chosen true. Comedy Festival. True. That's true. Okay, amazing. True. And uh, the Chosen Comedy Festival is coming to South Florida. Uh, it's intended for Jewish people and for not Jewish people to come there. So uh, when I saw that yeah. uh, it's coming down here, I figured it would be great to have Danny with me on the podcast. 
So first of all, we're doing this video. It's going to be audio, but if you could just share for a second, what 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 were you eating there? It looked fantastic. So I'm I'm still eating it. Some okay. edamame. I, I knew it. I forgot the yeah. name, but it was edamame. I, okay, so I saw that. And some uh, spicy tuna. Okay, great combo yeah. there. Yeah. And you're just and you're pulling the seeds right out of the edamame, right? You're not you're not eating the the outer husks. No. Why do you do that? I think it's good for fiber if you want to be regular. That's what I hear. Okay. Really? So no. Yeah. Give it a shot. I would, no. Okay. Um, so my first question is, when did you start loving comedy? Do you remember when that was? Like your earliest memory? Oh, I haven't started yet. Okay. <laughs> you don't love it anymore. Was that because I know you I never? I never loved it. Okay. Who um, said I? Who said I loved that? That's actually a good uh, thing. I would think that if you're doing a comedy festival and if you could do another one and another one, another one, deep down, there's got to be some inherent love for it. Nope. Not one bit. Next. Do you loathe it? <laughs> um, no, I, I like it. Um, do I love it? I love the... I used to go to comedy clubs when I was in high school. So my family moved from Long Island to Manhattan when I was 14, right before I started high school. So we lived downtown 18th Street between 5th and Broadway. So right outside of the village, um, right outside, right near like the comedy cellar. So I used to go in there with my fake North Carolina driver's license. And I was like 15, 16. And I loved, I loved being in a comedy club. It wasn't so much about the stand up but just just sitting there and people laughing and the the two drink minimum that they have i'm sure it was great for high school yep yep i mean i i I downed a lot of shirley temples yeah it's also when you're in high school and you're drinking before the legal age you're actually following the law because there is a two drink minimum right if you're there you need to have you're you're basically being a good citizen it's a good defense absolutely um but yeah so like i I've been going to comedy clubs since I'm 15. Uh, and then I bought this place called Stand Up New York on the Upper West Side, so Nathan Broadway. I bought it when I was 27. So that's like 14 years ago. Uh, and I used to come here also when I was younger. And I don't know, it just feels like authentically me uh, okay. being involved with this place. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so next question, other than myself, like, who are the, the greatest Jewish stand-up comics right now? Uh, Jewish comics. Um, I mean, besides, like, Modi and Elon Gold. And myself, yeah. And and Shmuel Tenenhaus. That's it. You got I it. really can't think of any others. Okay, well, that's just it right now. Any Heard, up-and-comers? Right? There was, like, distant, uh, after you three, like, no one even comes close. Yeah, I don't even mind that you put me in the same bucket with Modi and Elon, I guess, because they have recognition. Um, yeah. So you didn't say other than you two? Um, Anyone close. I mean, it's interesting. Like, Elon and Modi, like, I feel like they have the modern Orthodox Jewish community in, like, a... Lockhold. You know, by the Basin. By the Basin. By the yeah, and, like, and like I'm, I've, been, I've been wondering, like, who's going to be, you know, like, that third comic besides you that's going to you know, uh, fill those shoes. 
Okay, um, excellent. I mean, I don't, and I don't mean I don't want to like insult younger Jewish comics, but I can't think of anyone that come near those guys. Okay, got it. They're are they just, married? They're by just the way? so strong. Are they married, both married? Not to each other, but okay. yeah. Okay. Um, so next question: How's who the do you, money? Who do, you, who do you think? I mean, Jeff who Ross. Like? I know you had him. Jeff Ross. I know you had him. So I know. No, but um, like, but like modern, like, like that catered to like Orthodox shoes. Myself, pretty much. If I'm feeling down, I'll listen to my own podcast. It just really put me in a good mood. Like, is there a, is there a Jewish comic that catered to modern Orthodox that are even close to those two guys? I can't think of anybody else. I mean, you have within the Hasidic world, people that are referred to as Batchans that will go to weddings and do jokes. I'm sure they are very funny, but the problem is they're they're going in Yiddish, so it's not going to have a lot of mass appeal. Are you serious? They have that? Absolutely. 100%. I never heard of that. Yeah. I'll send you some links. I know it's it still exists. It's a it's wow. a common form of entertainment by Hasidic weddings. They had, they know how to roll. What kind of jokes are they? I would imagine political, getting married type things, father-in-law, catering. I did not know that. That's funny. The basics. Yeah. We got to get you in. We got to get you into one of these weddings. Got to get you a pass. Yeah. Um, next question. Is there good money to be made in comedy? This is a Jewish podcast. So we're, 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 we're cutting to the chase fast. Um, yeah. I mean, it depends. I think it's like any other business. I mean, maybe not so much like a comedy club because like you're limited to how much you can make. We have 120 seats. Um, we can only have a certain amount of shows a week, but like we've been involved in different areas of comedy. We're producing specials now and we have a comedy podcast network and we have a creative agency. So we create funny content for brands. We're doing festivals now. So it's like unlimited. Sounds, sounds yeah, good. especially, um, you know, I've been in this business 14 years and I have a big network of comics. Um, so there's always opportunities, uh, money-making opportunities that can be created with all of these comics that have access to. Uh, so besides the Chosen Comedy Festival and working with Elon and Modi and taking it to different locations. Um, I'm talking with the well-known Indian comic and we're talking about doing an Indian comedy festival and we're going to oh, do it in New York and then we can do it in other places also. So it's really unlimited. That sounds good. Um, I, I read an article um, just because I, I did the obligatory Googling your name for two minutes before a podcast. So I sound really informed. And yeah. one of the things were about, uh, it was a little... You, you had mentioned that Seinfeld was just not the warmest guest there. So I'm curious from the people that have been into your establishment, the comics, like who have been the rudest comics that you would never think are just very rude and who've been just surpri surprisingly nice? I I can't, I wouldn't say who's been rude besides Seinfeld. <laughs> uh, oh, come on. No. Okay, the nicest. Nicest? Um, hmm. Nicest comics that have been through these doors. You know, Jeff Ross is always, like, very gracious. He's a mensch. Jeff is a mensch. He's a mensch. He was here just this past Thursday night. Uh, okay. You know, like, real, like, sweet guy. That's how I would describe him. If we Gary, get Gary Jeff... Gullman. Okay. Gary Gullman. Do you know him? Not yet. 
uh, Gary Goldman, like also a very sweet guy. Okay. By the way, um, if Jeff Ross, if we can get him aboard the religious train, he would be definitely the funniest ultra-Orthodox comedian. We just have to get him to make the leap. We just have to... I mean, he's very Jewy. He's very... I think he wears like a big mug and David. Yeah. Um, he's very Jewy. And he's going to... He's going to do more shows with us. He can't do okay. the Miami one. The schedule doesn't permit it, but he's going to do others. He loved it. Uh, okay, David awesome. Tell is a sweet guy. Oh, David Tell is very funny. Uh, with, um, with Jeff, is Amy it a Schumer radius? Is nice. Amy Schumer is, is it very a, nice. Is it a radius clause? Does he have a radius clause? Who? Jeff Ross in terms of Miami. Mm, I, I just wanted to... I, think I just wanted to... I just wanted to drop in radius clause to show you that I'm so well versed. That you know uh, legal terms. Yeah, exactly. That I've dealt with well, a lawyer. I don't know. He's just like busy that time of year. Okay. Uh, just so you know, you know, you uh, Amy Schumer. Do you hear? Do you hear my uh, munching? Uh, my not at um, all. Actually, okay. this is a munch. These are munch-free headphones. The ones you have. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Amy Schumer is sweet. Amy Schumer is very sweet. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's uh... Jay, Jay Farrow. Do you know Jay Farrow? I've heard of him. He was on Saturday Night Live. Live. Uh, also, like great guy. Okay. Um, I heard. You... I never met him, but I think it was like Shabbos. Um, when I wasn't at the club, and Robin Williams came in, and I heard he's like a real mensch. Okay. Yeah, he is, probably hasn't been there for a while. No, I don't know why, but you know, when he um, came, I heard it was really nice. Okay, next question on your Instagram. I saw something that you do in real life events, but you also do things in the metaverse. What is going on in the metaverse? It's glad to know that there's one person other than Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg. in the metaverse. Both of you. Now. I'm really excited about the metaverse. Okay. <laughs> Me and Mark. Uh, it's not for everybody, um, but it's a great way to experience something like never experienced before with other people. Um, and socialize with people that you're that you're never able to connect with in the real life. For example, sounds, sounds like the internet. No, but it's more for some reason, like you really feel like you're in the same room as people. For example, so we have, we have a stand up New York in the metaverse. So okay. I can, I can announce, Hey, you know, we're going to hang out at the bar, uh, stand up New York in the metaverse, like Thursday 8 PM and people will come and you have like a full body avatar and you walk around the club. Uh, and you know, I pass by you like, Hey, Shmuel, what's going on? And you're like, Hey, Donnie, what's going on? I'm like, nothing, just like walking around. Like, have you ever been here before? Um, you know, how, where do you live? How long have you been? Do you come here often? Yeah, like you're having like a, it. Really feels like you're in a real place. Yeah, I've done um, immersive stuff. Do you need to wear like a headset to do it? Yeah, yeah, okay. you have to wear the Oculus headset. But okay, I think it's great for people that they could be shy. Uh, they don't go out a lot. Um, they can afford a headset. It's a yeah, it's a little expensive. Um, it's a great networking opportunity uh, because, like, you're you know you're in South Florida, 
you it, it you really feel like you're in like a New York bar, like meeting New York comics. Uh, it's 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 different. It's not for everybody, but okay. clearly I, not. It's just based on the numbers. Yeah, but look at look at gaming. You know, like gaming is huge, right? How what's the difference of like gaming or socializing in the metaverse? I don't see like a big difference. I hear you, my kid. That's, I how, there, that's how I look at it. There's there's people that that enjoy being there. So, you know, if you go where the people are, there's I think there's opportunities there. Very cool. No, I do know my kid plays Fortnite, and so he's yelling and killing people together with his classmates. This is a kid, you know. Sometimes I have to walk him. He's afraid that it's dark at night, but I hear him saying, "Pickaxe him! Pickaxe him!" Yeah. Two kills, five kills. Uh, it's like it's it's like gaming, but more social. I think. Yep. That's how um, I look at it. Okay. Another question. I saw like um, I read this article that the, the the owner of Caroline's was complaining about the weed smell outside. Okay. Um, is that is that is that a concern that you got you have at your club, or is that something you welcome? Um, it's not really. I mean, he's in Times Square. Okay. Uh, one time square could be, you know, a little, little bit of a circus. Okay. Upper West Side, we don't really. It's it's not like that. It's much quieter. So are you, I mean, doesn't make a lot of noise to doesn't make a lot of noise to, to smoke weed unless you're having uh, you're ripping bong bong hits. But I guess um, it's, it yeah, seems it's like not, it doesn't bother speak. me. It doesn't bother okay. me. Um. Question about anti-Semitism. Okay, here's a big one here. Um, maybe want to just have one more edamame before you take this one on. And this is, um, do you think comedy can help bridge some of the, gra the gap that we're seeing today in terms of bringing com uh, communities together? And then another question is, what, what are your thoughts on a, like a comedy battle, you know, Jewish comics versus African-American and then just bringing everybody together that way? Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I think comedy is a great way to bridge people together. Um, there's so much, I mean, you know, there's so much hate online and places like Twitter. Um, when you, when you just get people in a room laughing or even not laughing, just like physically being in a room, like I feel like we have a lot more in common and you're not going to, things that crazy things people tweet, like they're not telling that to to people's faces <laughs> that should yeah. be like a rule of twitter you know like don't tweet something unless you're going to tell it to that person in their face that's then there'd be no point of having a twitter that's the whole point so yeah you know it, it, it's sad like the internet how much it, it divides people and there's so much hate um but i mean i think it's important that everyone has a sense of humor uh then then it can really unite people like i thought i don't know your opinion did you see dave chappelle set on saturday night live i i heard about it i instead of watching it which would be a normal thing to do i just love to read like 80 articles about getting everybody's opinion about it it's much way more stimulating for me yeah i mean i thought it was very funny you know and there's a lot of people on twitter uh you know saying it was anti-semitic and i know elon gold also just tweeted that that was funny so it was funny so i, I think i think they should 
save their criticism for uh, real anti-Semitism. I, I hear that. It's, uh, it reminds me, uh, you know, Chappelle got a lot of flack for his Netflix special. And it, interestingly enough, he got it from the LGBT community. But there were jokes making fun of Jews, but people, Jews really didn't get that upset about his, his uh, special. I think we have a, a <laughs> thick skin, especially when it comes to jokes. And uh, well, not 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 you know with Chappelle uh, on Saturday night. The thing is, I feel like there are a lot of people that make a career—not a career, but like they think their voice is what they say on Twitter, and you know they they just have to sort of continue that narrative, um, you know. Like and and like people just like tweet things for likes and retweets and you know self fulfilling prophecy. Would you agree yeah. that probably the worst thing for Jews today would be if if Elon Musk converts to Judaism? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know why people don't like him either. I see like I see a lot of people leaving Twitter because he's he bought it. I, I but no one's saying like why. Like what? What's what's the issue with him? I don't, I don't understand. I think some of the issues are like he's he's uh, he's promoted things like uh, either free speech. Uh, he asked people to vote. Uh, he asked independents to vote Republican. He's criticized the president. So I think that's people uh, uh, people get very offended by uh, opinions. I guess yeah, people thought like he was their person. He was their person, you know. He had a Tesla. He cares about the cl climate. He's sending people to space. He cares about out of space. And then all of a sudden, uh, he. Jumps I don't, into I don't know. It's it's weird that you know people get bent so bent out of shape over stupid things. You know. <laughs> I concur. Uh, okay, a couple of uh, more questions. I'm going to be respectful of your time. Uh, and uh, so, question is. Um, uh, just about the Chosen Comedy Festival. So first of all, when did that start? When did you start going, uh, doing these traveling festivals? Uh, I, I think we came, came up with the idea like May of 2022. Uh, it was during a conversation I had with Elon Gold on the phone. Uh, it just like randomly, like we came up with this. Uh, and then August, we did our first show in Coney Island. Uh, wow. And then over 4,200 people came and it was it was amazing. So you know we're just what's the breakdown? Uh, what's the breakdown of attendees? Like how many uh, Jew versus non-Jew in the audience? Mostly Jewish, but okay. all all types of Jew. I mean, from Hasidim to modern Orthodox, conservative, Reform, Israelis. I mean, you name it. It was really cool to see Jews from all different backgrounds, and we we think it'll be similar in Miami. What's the seating capacity for Miami? 4,500. Okay, amazing. Um, yeah. So for people been, who want to... You've been seeing it? I've heard it from... I'll tell you how I know about it. A couple of people that I know uh, I told me that they're going. So I have uh, cousins that said they're going. And my wife, who's typically not a comedy fan, 
that, hey, we have to go to this. She won't yeah. listen to my podcast, but she's got to yeah. go to this comedy <laughs> festival, putting salt in my eyes. Yeah, yeah. She's not the first person. There was also, there was a comedy show recently with um, Modi in Miami, but I don't think that was anything related to yeah. the Chosen Comedy Festival. No, uh, no. My, I have another sister who mentioned that uh, about it. Um, so if people want to go get tickets, where do they go to get tickets? Uh, Ticketmaster. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. And how does it feel to do a show where everybody who shows up thinks they deserve some sort of discount or hmm. promotional thing? How's this, how's Ticketmaster dealing with that? They're, 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 uh, bombarded. It's, it's funny. I just had a call with them about that. <laughs> you, you think I'm joking. See, there's the best they, jokes. They, they've limited the amount of coupon codes I can create. <laughs> yeah, basically broke their system. They had to yeah. find the guy who, who created the stackable codes and the refunds and the rebates. No. Yeah, like they, they, they set a cap on how many I can give. Okay. Uh, for the people who are very from, are you going to have, is there a little area for uh, separate seating or they're just got to suck it up? They got to suck it up. Okay. Or just come with a whole family so they kind of have their own little area. Come with, so, uh, come with earmuffs. Okay. Or they can buy three seats each person right so there's nobody on to the right and left and you can accommodate that like somebody very large going on an airplane yeah you know we we got some complaints uh after the first show because of uh the material um that's why in the summer we might add like a second clean show for the for the more religious people like on a different night okay i mean we want to try to you know have something for everybody um, that's great. And also, uh, another question, uh, any thoughts on having like super extra comfortable chairs for like, for, for the, the Jews walking in with bad posture or just, so one- we, we actually had that in Coney Island, uh, that Coney Island amphitheater, they have a hundred seats where it's like leather reclining. Okay. Uh, and we call them the chosen ones. Okay. The chosen seats. Yeah. The chosen but, but this venue, the James Knight center, they don't have that. Okay. This is funny. You have Jews showing up with a pillow like it's the Seder night, everybody. And yeah, and we might need extra wheelchair space also uh, for the venue. Ramps. I'll, get, I'll give them a heads where up. Is the, where is the next venue after Miami? Los Angeles, February 14th. Okay. You heard it you know here first. Only, okay. You know there's only Jews now in Florida. There's nobody left in LA, but maybe people will be visiting there. That's why we booked a, booked a smaller venue there. Okay, like Only a mini thousand seats. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Florida is just crazy. Um, okay, exciting. And then after LA, after LA, uh, undecided. We're looking. We're looking okay. at London. I have two uh, Jewish friends in Seattle, where I live. Just, just saying that. I don't think Seattle. We're going there. Uh, okay, yeah. But looking at London, Montreal, Toronto, Israel. Okay. I would suggest if you go to these places like Toronto, Montreal, I do it dead winter. So people yeah, have an excuse to get out of the house and they're just trying to warm great themselves idea. up with anything. Um, maybe okay. maybe do it outdoors also. Yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think that's going to work. Um, and then when is the show in Miami? December 14th, a, week, a month, okay. a month, three days from today. Okay, that's amazing. Um, okay, thank you so much for being here. Uh, any, any, any parting thoughts? Uh, no, hopefully, hopefully we'll meet next month when I'm down there. Okay. Sounds great. And I told you, I, I, uh, God who's singing, uh, yeah. he, he with us in Shul. So I, I know oh, cool. him. And, uh, 
I'll send him up. He's a sweet guy. I met him just for the first time uh, at the first shop. He's the best. Um, like he he went on stage. That wasn't planned. Just like last minute, he sang a few songs, and we're hanging out backstage. He's a sweet guy. Yes, sir. Okay. Thank best. you so much, Danny. Great chatting with you. Likewise. Thank you again. All right. Take care.